Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I'm getting ready to make a statement that probably isn't going to be the most political correct. It probably is not going to be something that everybody cheers and claps for. But it's something that I need for everyone to start giving more thought to. We hear cliche versions of it. We hear people say it that don't really represent it well. And I just wanted to give my particular spin on it. But before I do, I wanted you to hear me say it. I love me. Mm-hmm. And we're going to unpack that. I love me. Let me give you a little backdrop. So my husband and I was having a conversation. And I find that at certain points in my life, God does some very pivotal things within me that when I start to see the seed of whatever he sowed into me sprout and I start to get the fruit, I'm one that I want to go ahead and take the fruit, slice it, eat it, give it to whoever's going to listen and continue to grow it in my own way and be a good steward over what God entrusted me with. And I said to my husband, I am going to a place that not a lot of people go to because uh, I understand the value of freedom. And having freedom requires for you to know how to care for yourself. Because how you care for yourself ultimately is the display and the epitome of how you love yourself. I remember, and I'm sure you remember, me having conversations with you where I was talking about being in a particular environment, specifically work, that was just not working for me. My wiring, nothing. I, I had a very difficult course <laughs> of life that showed me that for me and my wiring, environments mean a lot to me. Yeah, I'm not the average grandbaby. I'm not going to be able to take a delicious meal and just eat it anywhere. The environment means something to me. I can't just go anywhere and worship. The environment means something to me. I can't just go to anyone's house. The environment means something to me. And so if the environment isn't right, please don't plant me there because I won't grow. I'm clear. <laughs> I don't need that lesson again, Lord. We got it. Mm-hmm. We the people, me, myself, and I, eat all the above, however you want to do it. I don't need the lesson again. And I said something. I don't know if I ever said it to you, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. When I left that environment, I apologized to myself. I don't think we do that enough. I think we feel bad for ourselves. I think sometimes we talk poorly to ourselves. Oh, we can be our worst critic. How could you? And I can't believe you let blah, blah, blah. And we will talk ourselves in a corner and beat ourselves up and have ourselves on a rope. But there's nobody to go ahead and do a ding, ding, ding for you to get up off of yourself. You see what I'm saying? And so I feel like we do a lot to ourselves. But when when's the last time that you apologize for allowing yourself to stay in a season longer than what God had intended? 
staying in a relationship that you knew you had no business being in in the first place. But then when you were made aware that you weren't supposed to be in it anymore, I don't know, why did you go ahead and stay? Why did you remain friends with such and such? I know you got a soft heart and all that other stuff, but if it's no longer purpose, why are you doing that to yourself on purpose? You knew that you were supposed to go ahead and move to wherever you felt led and directed, but did you do it? Why not? And I think that the most tremendous display of growth is actually being one and whole with yourself. And sometimes that is the initiation of just apologizing. So for me, I apologized to myself. I literally was like, yo, I will never take you through that again. When God tells me something, I'm going to act fast on it. I'm no longer going to breed myself to be the person that just voluntarily endures things that is not supposed to be endured. I do not want to be the pit for any situation. I no longer want to teach myself how to endure things that breaks my soul. I no longer want to teach myself or create a palette of anything that perverts my peace. I no longer want to befriend anyone that does not feel like reciprocated friendship to me. There are some core values of things that I absolutely need to relate to anyone in any circumstance. And if it's not there, I am not going to forge something and dishonor myself. And so I literally had to start my walk of freedom, the walk of loving myself with an apology. I apologize to myself sincerely, almost the same way I would with someone that I, I truly love, almost the way that I would as if I birthed myself. I had to put myself in that mindset. I said, listen, you are somebody's grandbaby, but let me go ahead and tell you, you're important to me. You're my baby. You are the common denominator to everything that is good in your life. Every relationship, every blessing, anything that God allows you to be a good steward over, you are the common denominator. So you are equally, if not the most important equation in this, because I don't get another you. I love you. It's how I had to talk to me. See, a lot of people, you know what's crazy? That probably seems a little off to some people, like you apologizing to yourself. But how many people get tattooed on them sexy? It's not enough for you to just say it to yourself. You want to put it on your skin like you had to remind people that you know that you're sexy. Oh, okay. I mean, you know what? If that's the kind of grandbaby you are, then God bless. But there are some people that would tell you in a heartbeat, that will post in a heartbeat, that will put a picture, that will put a statement and let you know how they very much feel about them, whether it's coming from a boastful place or not. People are not shy when it comes to going ahead and flaunting the good things about them. <laughs> they shape, they money, they tangible thing. And so we need to get to a place that when we stop looking at the world, like, oh, okay, that's normal. And going back to looking at the soil of your life, which is actually a cute word for your soul. When we start taking better care of our soul, so it won't be so weird that you'll look at yourself and say, you know what? I apologize for mistreating you. I apologize for putting off peace like it equates to a dollar amount, a location, a age, a relationship, a title. I apologize for delaying happiness as if I know how long we have here. When's the last time that you became one with yourself or you just was a hundred with yourself? 
when's the last time that you actually looked at some of your decisions and was like, now hold on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't let nobody mismanage uh, my baby like that. My fill in the blank like that. And so I'm not going to allow anyone to put me through that, even if that person is me. So me, myself, and I, we all going to have to get on one accord and we're going to make a vow to ourselves. That sounds a lot like if I have to make a decision where loving myself authentically has to be put on the back burner, I can't make that decision because it's too costly for my lifestyle. It's too costly for my future. And I'm no longer putting a tangible anything in place that's going to override and prostitute my peace. I'm not doing it. So an apology was a necessary initiating step to ensure that I was clear. I don't have to guard myself from myself no more. You know what that looks like? People who are indecisive. If you really break that down, you don't trust you to make a decision. You got to ask such and such and then wait with such and such that with the other stuff. You call two, three different kind of people before you even land on a good con- a good solid decision. Why? Because you don't trust yourself. It could be something so minute as what color you going to wear to such and such. I mean, it it don't even have to be as huge as who you going to date. Oh, when it comes to big decisions, for some reason, you're like, ah, you know, you'll weigh a little bit in, but let it get too close to like, ooh, this could possibly factor in what I'm trying to do with my life long term. Oh, you get a little scared. Why? Because if you really were to dissect that, you do not trust yourself. Why? Because of the past decisions that you made show that you don't know how to make decisions for yourself. Why? Because the reality is that you do not know how to care for yourself. Why? Because you put loving yourself on the back burner to make a decision in the first place you don't have to believe me look at your past decisions look at the last decision that you made that you were like oh if I could redo that and do it over you let somebody talk to you some kind of way at a job because what you let someone disrespect you belittle you do anything to you that made you feel like if you had to wear that on your soul for a little bit you had to tell somebody about it you had to wear it in your mood and emotions for a little bit then that means you allowed somebody to trample on the flowers of your life and you never once said hey excuse me that's private property to at minimum at least let someone at least acknowledge you step somewhere that means something to me. I don't care if you talk to everybody else like this. I don't care if you you handle everybody in this matter. The The beauty of um, social security numbers and birth certificates is that it don't say everybody on mine, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and be very unique on how we go ahead and handle anybody, but especially me. It just has to be clear. But you can only put that kind of enforcement in place when you've already handled and carried yourself to that degree. You cannot have a house that looks disgusting, is not kept, your carpet looks like what, it smells, it's a whole bunch of things, and then you're going to go ahead and tell somebody, oh, um, take your shoes off when you walk in the house. What? Why do you want me to care more about your home than you do? You've been tearing this up way before I came here. You ever been to somebody's home and off back you knew, oh, I don't even, um, 
where should I sit? Because you wanted to make sure you were in alignment with how they care for their stuff. You ever got in somebody's car and knew immediately, okay, well, let me dust some of these some of my this dust off my foot real quick because you didn't want to track nothing in their car because you could see to the level of pristine that their car is well kept people will show you without ever uttering a word this is how you manage something in my life because look how I'm managing it already so if people can do that with something tangible then why don't we enforce that with our own selves Right. It's very simplistic, but we have made it such a complexity that we, dare I say, are afraid to let people know, hey, I've enforced this rule in my particular life. And while I don't want to force you to go ahead and act this out, I do want to tell you that how you manage me kind of determines your livelihood with me. Yeah, like I'm not going to force you to do something you're not comfortable in doing, but I, but I guarantee that if I get comfortable, then I'm going to have to make an executive decision. And there's a level of maturity that comes with that, right? There's a level of maturity that just doesn't say, I, you know, I get up and I run when I don't like what somebody said, or, you know, I'm approach everybody and let everybody know that when it comes to me, like we're not bullying people. We're not, when you not that kind of grandbaby to begin with, we don't even have to touch the obvious, but the obvious is that if we are even having this conversation, then you're one of the grandbabies that may be prone to shift yourself accordingly so that it can be harmonious uh, for everyone else, but you. And that is what I'm checking. I'm checking that the room shifts, not for you, but you shift for the room. Why? Why? Why do you understand that you can have compromise outside of intimate relationships and friendships? Yeah, the compromise doesn't have to be you change so that I don't have to be uncomfortable or I'm going to leave because, you know, so you don't have to be uncomfortable. No, it can be. So what's the closest to getting to a common ground so that everybody wins? I'll give you a perfect example. I was getting ready to have uh, an impromptu get together, right? Just the, hey, you know, y'all come over this down the third because of the situation. It was a celebratory situation. And the people that I was talking to know, they know me very well. They were like, um, but when we get there, we're going to want to drink. And I know you don't want people drinking at your house. I said, true. Y'all want to go to hibachi? They were like, yeah. And that's what we did. That's a perfect display of look. You are not about to come to my house and make me uncomfortable because there's a certain set of rules that I abide by. <laughs> so ultimately, you're going to have to abide by. And if my house and the regulations thereof is not really your jam, cool. Then what else can we do on a compromised level that gets it where we still can continue the celebratory feel you know stay in that vein but not have it where now you got to decrease so I can increase and vice versa it was yo let's go ahead and go out you do what you do and guess what when we're done I get back in my car I go back home where there is no drinking because that's what I have that's how I conduct my business in my life everybody wins but what do most grandbabies do when they're not healed uh from shifting to the room no, y'all can come over. It's okay. And and so now you have learned, and it comes from, I hate to say it, it comes from childhood. You have learned that the only way to make 
the party keep going to make the room better is you have to get small. No, 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 it's okay. You don't have to. No, no, no. Like, you're the one that keeps doing stuff and not allowing people to pay you. You're the one that keeps extending yourself. But, no, you don't got to give me no gas money. You don't have to. And it's one thing to just want to do something because, you know, I want to do it at the kindness of my heart. But don't get so used to being the one that people know I can count on you, but I'm never going to add to you. I don't want you to be that grandbaby. You see what I'm saying? And it took me years bruh I wish I could zap into the future come back and be like yeah <laughs> yo um I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how you live in life right now not working in your favor you it's gonna give you some of the biggest heartbreak what's one of the things that uh females usually say after being betrayed or something to that degree the first thing that they probably do is cry and bring up something that they had to endure that they didn't have to, but they did it out of love. How could you do this to me after all I did? And I was the one that was there that picked up your step uncle when you didn't have no job and you don't understand. I didn't have to. I was telling dudes who had money to leave me alone just to come home and eat spinach with you out the can. And you don't, you see, you see what I'm saying? Oh, girl, it's distraught, sir, because of what you did very much, but more so, comma, parentheses. Sir, she made herself small for you thinking that that was the gain, and she didn't realize that this pain was about to go in vain. That's where the real hurt is. The real hurt is, yo, I made myself endure that, and there was no payout. And you did me like I was anybody. Like that, you won't understand the torment, sir. Like you don't even, you see what I'm saying? You like, are y'all kidding me? I stayed at this company for this long. I knew that y'all didn't have the budget to go ahead and pay me what I knew I was worth. But I said, you know what? As long as I show good work ethic and I show y'all my value and this, that, and third, that y'all will go ahead and surely promote me, right? Oh, pull up skirt. No, y'all didn't. No, y'all didn't. Just disrespect. I'm sorry, What? I don't care about no new management being in town. I don't care about no new commissioner. I don't care about the downsizing of nothing. You were supposed to feed me the way that I fed this company. I came in early. I left late. I did all the things, whatever you called to be value and was like, yo, I wouldn't normally do this, but I'm doing this because I got my eye on the prize. I wouldn't normally do this, but I'm trying to, you know, I see a potential with, oh boy, I see a future with him. I wouldn't normally do this, but you know, um, I'm trying to get as much experience as I can and this, that, and the third. If you wouldn't normally do it don't do it if you wouldn't normally put someone that you absolutely adore in that same circumstance don't do it and the reason why I say someone that you adore is because a lot of the times when when it's time to love yourself you can't really wrap your mind about it so um that's why I've already fade or put in a sense uh just visual that when referring to yourself I want you to call yourself my baby Cause I don't know if you ever been around a new mother, but there is nothing more protective than a new mother. Uh, uh-uh, I'm sorry. Can you wash your hands before you pick up my baby? Oh, ho- wait, hold. Yeah, hold the neck. Yeah, cause you was. Uh huh. Hold on. Do you um pass me that diaper so I can put that over your shoulder? Yeah, cause you get ready to hold the baby. All right. Um, sit all the way back. Uh huh. Put your arms out, and I'm gonna hold you while you holding my baby. 
Um, the nurse is coming in. What you doing with my with my baby? There is such a nurturing because that's my baby. Because that's the thing that you grew. That's the thing that you suffered for. That's the thing you were uncomfortable for. That's the thing that has been growing inside of you. That has been the thing that you have. Like there was so much sacrifice, labor and delivery, whatever it is, so much celebration behind this that you don't just let anybody just come in and handle your baby. So when dealing with you, I want you to be very clear that when you're managing you through life, you are my baby. (laughs) You understand? I don't care if your upbringing didn't make you feel that way. I don't care if you don't currently feel that way. I don't care if you've never seen it display authentically. I don't care what it is, but everybody can go ahead and picture what a true nurturing mother feels like to them. Even if you had to look at it on TV, you're like, man, Claire Huxtable is, you know, whatever does it for you. But whatever does it for you, I need you to look at you as my baby. So when people try to come in your life and treat you, mm, I can't let you do that to my baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-mm. Are you being dishonest? I can't let you walk into my baby's life with deceit. I mean, not judging you as a grandbaby, but there's clearly something you need to go ahead and rectify within yourself. So um, while you're still working on that, I will prefer you not to integrate yourself into the life of my baby. This is my baby. I got to live with my baby. I have to take care of my baby. I have to, when anybody hurts my baby, I'm the first one to feel it. When anybody deceives my baby, I'm the first one that has to process through that. When anyone does anything alternate to caring for my baby, I'm left to clean it up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get ahead of that. And I'm going to make sure that wherever I place my baby, my baby's in good hands. I'm going to be a better steward and evaluator of relationships of all sorts, friendships, family, coworker, whatever. If I have to relate to you, I'm going to uh, be very sensitive to how much access I want you to have to my baby, period. There is a nurturing that comes from loving yourself. Pamper yourself. When's the last time you've been to the doctor? When's the last time you had somebody go ahead and just run up a full lab? Why are you okay with just not feeling okay all the time? Whatever it is, get to the root of it. Do you need to drink more water? Okay, you don't want to be a gym rat, but can you walk around the parking lot real quick of like your favorite shopping center? Like do do something. We're just not going to let our baby feel any kind of way, are we? Is that what we're doing? That's not good stewardship. Guess what? You get this one baby for the rest of your life. This is you. Through and through, this is you. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, this is a shell that God entrusted you with. And you owe it to yourself to make sure that you take care of this thing like it's your baby. And I think sometimes what people struggle with is not only does it kind of sound Like, uh, is that being selfish? But it's not normalized. 
What's normalized is putting people ahead of you. What's normalized is not taking any PTO because, you know, they give you a hard time when you take a certain amount of days off or, or around a certain day or dare it be a Friday because then it looks like you had a long weekend. And so it's all these, like, attacks around self-care. Then we wonder why we... People walking around mentally unwell, emotionally unwell, physically unwell, social restraints because you don't have no time to spend with the people you love. And then you look back and what you really did was you didn't take care of your baby. Listen, nobody should be able to indirectly or directly threaten you to mismanage you. Listen, if y'all had a problem with PTO, then you shouldn't give it out. <laughs> gonna hold you again i'm not gonna tell nobody to do anything that's gonna put their uh you know their paper in jeopardy but what i'm also not gonna do is have it where you're gonna make me uh go to the doctor and fill out this fmla package or go to the doctor get this note for two three days because the pto that i asked you just one day real quick or two days real quick now you're gonna have to yes i have a doctor's note now like how y'all want to do this but what i won't do is let you think that you're gonna have me enslaved and then tell me how to use my time when I feel like I need a time out. That's not what we're doing. And so I said, I don't ever want to speak from a place of just experience alone. I actually want a true display, practical, where we can see, like, you know what? Caring for self is a biblical thing. If you didn't see it when God was like, listen, I'm going to go ahead and make a Sabbath day. Well, all I want y'all to do is rest because I'm going to take a rest from work because this was a lot. Genesis literally showed us the first time somebody took PTO. <laughs> you understand? So I said, uh, I worked one, two, three, four. Eight. Yeah, that's a lot. That was like six days in a row. I'm good. Mm-hmm. What you mean y'all don't, you didn't approve it? I don't Sir, Sabbath, I don't know what else to tell you. There is such a, your body tells you like, mm, you need a nap. I ain't going to hold you. You cranky. You don't feel good. You got a headache. There's so much other stuff going on. I think you need to go ahead and lay down. I ain't going to hold you. There are indicators all around because your body, whether you want to align with it or not, wants to be in compliance with what God said. So your body is clear on what the command was. Now, if you want to try to override that in your soul, you have a nice day. But your body didn't forget what God said, even if you want to try to. Okay? That's between you and the Lord. I want to go ahead and practically look at Jesus through this lens that we're talking about. And with everything that I just said, I want you to keep in mind what we just discussed, and I want us to actually see Jesus in that way. So I want to talk about when I think this is right at where Jesus was going to feed the 5,000. So let's read it from, you know, I read from the NLT version. Let's read Mark 6, and I want to start at 41. So Mark 6, 41. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. 42. They all ate as much as they wanted. 43. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. 44. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. 
45. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across to the lake of Bethesda while he sent the people home. 46. After telling everyone goodbye, keyword, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. 47. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat, in their boat in the middle of the lake, and they, and Jesus was alone on land. 48. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. 49. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. 50. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. 51. Then he climbed into the boat and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed. 52. For they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were hard to take it in. 53. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. Mm, that's the word. They bought the boat to shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once. And they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. 56. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. This is a beautiful demonstration and display of loving oneself. Jesus had what most of us do have, but not at all on Jesus' level, if you are doing anything on this earth, you are doing something for other people. And you are pouring, whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your professional life, whether it's E or the above. But what you have to realize is that you cannot pour from an empty place. And Jesus was like, okay, buddy just literally started with a miracle where we just read from and ended with a miracle. He literally fed the 5,000 men, not including women and children, right? And then that had to be a lot because he's feeding thousands. Not only is he feeding thousands where they all, verse 42 say, they all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. 44, a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Sir, ma'am, I don't know if you ever cooked a Thanksgiving feast for your little bit of family and friends. I don't know if you ever said, okay, I'm going to bring a little something for the potluck for this many coworkers. But I don't know anybody offhand who single-handedly was, um, look at the flick of the wrist, for 5,000 plus people and then had plenty to, to, to go ahead and have leftovers for. 12 baskets we don't know the depth of these baskets we don't know what it is but let me explain something to you i have cooked for my family i've cooked two meals and said okay i'm gonna try to save myself some time for the week and was exhausted i cannot imagine how jesus felt like okay 
I'm breaking that, breaking that. Because this is the first time that I read it where it literally says, then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they can distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. So you telling me you breaking, see, and I never really fashioned this in, but he put out all the bread he can put out and then double back ended all the fish that he can put out. And now it's making me think, was there 12 baskets? Because maybe six was all bread and six was all fish because you had to do it in an even amount to make everybody go ahead and be satisfied and have enough to take over. Oh my goodness, sir, I am exhausted. He was too, which is exactly why the next verse, verse 45 says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted, <laughs> y'all don't got to go, but y'all got to get up out of camp. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across to the lake. He said, sir, ma'am, children, y'all all got to get the going. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Because um, Jesus is the introvert. God bless him. <laughs> Shouts out here. And what he learned was I need to recharge. That was a lot. Imagine the average person trying to push themselves through, trying to, okay, let's keep going, let's keep, and now you're giving people the cranky side of you, the non-business side of you, the unbeautified side of you, and you like, ugh, maybe if you just took your breaks when you needed to, maybe if you just took your naps the way you were supposed to, maybe if you just took your vitamins and exercise how you were supposed to, maybe pe people wouldn't have to deal with that side of you. Hmm? I love the fact that it was like, yo, he didn't waste no time immediately. <laughs> and he insisted, y'all got to go, right? And after telling everyone goodbye, see y'all later. All right. You can, uh-huh, tell your daddy. I said, hey. after he did all that, it was, um, okay, let me go ahead and recharge my batteries. Because nobody gets to use me and I don't know how to refuel me. I'm not going to be out in these streets operating on 2% battery. I don't even go outside of my house with my cell phone like that. Yet, if I was able to see a spiritual presentation of where people's batteries were actually at, some of it would be critical. You need to be charged immediately. You see what I'm saying? And what was the time frame Jesus put on it? Was it like an hour? Was it like, listen, I just need a quick 30 minutes. Let me get a moment. Mm -mm. It seemed like it was longer than that because the next verse in verse 47 says late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He had intended to go past them. You know what that showed me? He see that y'all in trouble, but listen, I'm not running to your every need. You'd be all right. If it was going to kill y'all, I, I would have showed up earlier. If he could walk on water, he could have got there earlier than three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Let's just say that, you know, Jesus shut the party down like around 930, 9, 930. Okay, that's a good introvert time. And um, he saw that y'all was having a hard time, but y'all okay? 
You're just getting your knees up. Ain't nothing serious happening. And so what do we do when people are scared or something is happening and people want to call you two or three o'clock in the morning because they just need somebody to talk to? Now, again, if that's how God is leading you in a situation, let the Holy Spirit lead you because though that the anointing of the unction of the Holy Spirit and the obedience of that is the breakthrough. But you got your people who just develop a codependency on you that everything, they always need you. They always got to call you. They always need you to fund them, lend them everything then and sometimes you got to do how jesus was do listen i see the issue but at this point i'm gonna go ahead and walk past it you'll survive oh you would do that jesus did it <laughs> but i'm not running to your every need like why and he's jesus you think i'm telling this what that sentence say you see that let me show, look look at my phone you see that he intended to go past them. Now, Jesus, you don't see them struggling? I do. But every struggle is not a defeat. Some of your strongest moments came in the midst of you learning how to overcome a struggle. When you watched the movie Ray Charles, his mother wanted to come out to him quickly after he had that eye injury. And he was screaming out for her. You saw when she wanted to come to him real quick and rescue him after he fell, but she went ahead and she let him work through the struggle. Maybe you can't love yourself the way that you need to love yourself because you're so busy saving everybody else from themselves. Hmm? Listen, don't look at me no kind of way. That's the Holy Spirit dropping bars, okay? But what stopped them from walking past them? They saw him. Then they started crying in terror, thinking it was a ghost. And now he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> oh, don't be afraid. It's me, big bro. Like, um, you know, he climbed in the water, got, you know, walked to the water, climbed in the boat, did the whole situation. And then, and, and guess what? 53. After they crossed the lake, right? Let me scoot down. Uh, let's see. The people recognized Jesus at once. 55. And they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats to whoever they, wherever they heard he was, wherever he went in villages, cities, or the countryside. They brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least a fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. Now that's a lot. That's a man that needs to be by himself. But we shouldn't look at things on a certain caliber. You're a lot. If you got kids, kid a pup, responsibilities, a job. You need to learn the art of disconnecting because the world is not going to say, oh, wait, you probably got your own stuff going on. Let me, Um, I'm sorry. Listen, you think you can pencil me in? I want to talk to you about something. It's five o'clock, good. No, people are calling your phone expecting for you to pick up. People are texting you wondering why you didn't text them right back. People are, they are demanding and so if people have been demanding since biblical times, then you're going to have to learn how to take better care of you because that's your baby. Do you understand that? We're not going to look at people like it's their responsibility to be more aware of what's going on with you, to be more. We, we don't have to wait for anybody to be more of anything that we're not even for ourselves. I love me. Because I finally got to the place that I know how to manage me. 
Self-care is one thing. Loving myself, understanding that I am my own baby, has completely changed the trajectory of my life. Completely changed it. And after seeing that even Jesus didn't stop for just anyone, that even Jesus knew I have to take some time to myself because these people are going to pull on me. These people are going to be taking power from me. These people are going to want me to feed them. These people are going to want me to encourage them. They're going to be scared. They're going to go. Like, it's all these different things that you have to make sure at all times that you are properly stewarding yourself because nine times out of ten, ten times out of eleven, the very thing that God called you to do, when you do it in a place of excellence, people are going to want to pull on you and you're going to have to learn how to pull back to take care of you. Do you understand that? I'm not even going to tell you what the uh, challenge is because literally just said it, okay? But I feel like you got what you needed. Mm-hmm. You know what these conversations are? Sure, they are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl, okay? Who? Right. Oh, because I thought you said something. Listen, I need you keeping up with all the happenings that be happenings, okay? I, I looked through my follows. I didn't, I don't think I saw your name. Uh, IG, strive in inspire. I need you to keep up with the happenings because... Very much need you to just be keeping up with the happenings. It's all. You know what to do. I ain't even about to go through the whole rigmarole. But um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. All right? We talk later? Sure we will. <laughs> later. Oh, wait. Before you go, uh, let me go ahead and just remind you again that you need to be looking at creativetomultiply.com. Very much created. The number two multiply.com oh and you know your girl got a patreon now right Mm -hmm. when you go to the website you'll see all of that so very much go okay now i'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go later